And the thing is, after all these years, I still look back with wonder. Wonderlings, Angela Bowen here, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years of Wonder Years podcast. Now before I get into today's episode and start talking about that, I do want to give a shout out to a podcast listener who got the trivia question right for this episode. The question was, for a shout-out on next week's podcast episode, Season 6, Episode 3, Scenes from a Wedding, can anyone tell me who this actor is? And hint, he starred in an 80s comedy. This man, of course, plays Jack's boss. We only see him, I believe, for this one episode. And I'm giving a shout-out to Alyssa. She got it right. It was Paul Gleason. He was the principal in The Breakfast Club. And I'll get more on him and his character in this episode. Also, as usual, I'd I just like to mention the ways to connect with the podcast. You can go to Facebook and like the page and follow if you'd like to. I'm looking back at my Wonder Years, a Wonder Years Facebook page. You can also jump on Instagram, LBOM Wonder Years Podcast, and follow along with the episode updates and pictures and fun stuff like that. If you'd like to write into the podcast, you can do so at LBOM Wonder Years Podcast at gmail.com. If you're a regular listener or you've been listening for just a little bit and you enjoy the podcast, you can go to iTunes and go to Looking Back at My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast, and leave a review. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. You know, all the reviews that the podcast gets, it really helps it to get noticed by other people, especially other Wonder Years fans. I was looking on uh, Amazon, and the Wonder Years box set, the complete series, is actually 70 bucks. At one point, they had it at its regular price of 119 But if you go to Walmart, and I did see this at the Walmart that I go to, they currently have the complete box set of the Wonder Years, and looks just like the slipcase with the slipcase cover. They have it for 49 bucks which is $20 less than what Amazon's got it for. So, I mean, you know the show is no longer on Netflix. It's actually been almost a year since they pulled it from Netflix. And it's not on Hulu, it's not on Amazon Prime, and, you know, if you guys want to follow along, even though I am in the last season of the show, you know, you guys can go out there, if you got a Walmart near you, you know, Check and see if they got it. This is just such a beautiful show. And I have loved spending this last, you know, almost year and a half covering the show. And I'm going to miss this so much when I'm gone. I mean, yes, I am looking forward to doing the Growing Pains podcast in January. I am. But I don't know. It's just Kevin Arnold and Winnie Cooper and the Arnold family. They just hold such a special place in my heart. And it's going to be hard to fill that. Alright, so I'm starting off right now with the IMDb description. 
Season 6, Episode 3, entitled Scenes from a Wedding, which aired on October 7th, 1992. And this is the IMDb description. Kevin and his family attend the wedding of Dad's boss's daughter. At the reception, Kevin tries to impress a girl by drinking champagne. He gets a whole fucking bottle of it. Wayne recognizes that the bride was a former date, and Jack's boss angers him by flirting with Nora. Guys, this man cannot keep it in his pants, it feels like. He is constantly handsy, he's, you know, kissing her on the cheek, and, and this and that, and constantly dancing with her. It's like, Jack would like to dance with his wife. Sir, you have a wife. Go find her and dance with her. Ay ay ay. This episode's got an 8.0 out of 10 on IMDb for the rating out of 128 ratings. This episode was directed by Michael Dinner, writers Neil Marlins, Carol Black, who are the creators. Story was by Michael Curtis and Greg Malins, is that right? Teleplay by John Harmon Feldman. Alright, um, oh, here's some trivia. Oh, let's get to the connections. Dragnet, adult Kevin says, suddenly my brother had become Joe Friday. The graduate, adult Kevin refers to a wedding guest as Mrs. Robinson's stunt double. Scenes from a marriage, that's the title reference, scenes from, a, it's a play on, uh, scenes from a wedding is a play on that, I guess. I've never seen the show, so. Trivia, Bad Bad Leroy Brown by Jim, is it Croce? Plays by the band at the wedding. Bad Bad Leroy Brown was not released until spring of 1973. The wedding takes place in 1972. Oh, here's a goof. At the wedding, oh, let's, wait, that's the same thing. Yeah, 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 factuator, all right. Soundtracks, Bridal Chorus, Wedding March, Bad Bad Leroy Brown, Fly Me to the Moon by Frank Sinatra. That must play at the end. I think that plays at the end. All right, let me grab the booklet here. I gotta take a mm, sip of my unsweetened tea. I'm trying to balance that and still drinking Diet Coke. Where is it? Where is it? Here it is. Found it. Here's the description in the booklet. At the wedding of Jack's boss's daughter, a bridesmaid is hitting on Kevin. Oh, that's real nice. <laughs> Which he doesn't mind. He's six. He's a 16-year-old boy. He don't care. Jack's boss is hitting on Norma, and the bride herself once had a relationship with Wayne. I don't know if you'd call that a relationship. They knocked boots at a wedding once. That's about a wedding reception. I don't know if you can really call that a relationship. All right, let's start this episode off right. Let's do the oh, the quote here. Narrator, adult Kevin. It seems to me a wedding means something different to everyone. To some, it's an occasion for simple pleasures. And for others, a wedding's implications are more profound. For some, it's a time for contemplation. For others, a time for regrets. 
a chance to measure just how far we've come in life against the promise of those just starting out. Now, I've been to a few weddings in my time, even my own. <laughs> and I'll talk uh, a little bit about my own wedding. Um, I don't know, did I talk about that during Karen's wedding? I don't think I did, but we'll, we'll get into the whole reception of the stuff, because uh, it, was, it was a good time. But All right, let's get into this episode. So we open with the episode, and it's really weird, because remember how I mentioned how in season, the last two episodes they had, like, a uh, cold open type thing, which I don't believe they've ever done for any of the seasons prior. With this episode, season six, episode three, scenes from a wedding, we don't get a cold, cold open. In fact, it opens with the, the Bob Seeger theme... And, you know, the different points in history in the 70s and everything like that, what was going on around that time, that pretty much has replaced any of the pictures of the cast like they had in previous seasons. And I've mentioned before, I'm not a fan of the intro, but the episode opens with the wedding taking place. You see the groom at the front of the altar, you know, waiting for the bride and her father to walk down the aisle. And that's where Kevin's quote came in, which I'll play here. It seems to me a wedding means something different to everyone. To some, it's an occasion for simple pleasures. And for others, a wedding's implications are more profound. For some, it's a time for contemplation. For others, a time for regrets. A chance to measure just how far we've come in life. Against the promise of those just starting out. So as adult Kevin is narrating this scene, we see some of the guests at the wedding. There's the first couple up is an older couple and they're sleeping. That's got to be the groom's side or or the bride's somebody's side. Well, it's got wait, no, it's got to be the bride's side cuz that's the left side is the side that Jack and Norma and Wayne and Kevin are on. Oh, oh. You don't fall asleep at a wedding. Funeral, maybe, but a wedding? No. And then we see a woman that's of a larger girth. She's a heavyset woman and her husband's, you know, not. <laughs> but the thing is, it's the look. Because uh, Kevin's talking about, like, regret. And uh, the older couple that was sleeping, it was... Um, I think it was, like, contemplation or something like that. But anyway, the woman kind of looks at her husband, and the husband kind of, like, looks at him, and he's kind of nodding, and it's almost like, okay, you could tell just by the glances they were giving each other that the wife wears the pants in that family. So Kevin's just kind of going based on different couples and stuff like that through different walks of life. You know, the first one's an elderly couple, this other couple looked like they'd been married a bit. And we see Jack's boss, 
who is walking his daughter. His daughter's name that we don't learn it until the um, reverend starts uh, conducting the ceremony. Her name is Candy. No, nothing wrong with anyone having a name like Candy. Nothing wrong with it. I just kind of weird. <laughs> is that a nickname? Like Candy short for like maybe Candace or something? But this guy, the groom, and his hair, it's like, curl, it's curly, you know, short and curly. It's not an afro, but it poofs on one side, and it just looks, like, really uneven. Like, if he took, like, a hot iron to, like, straighten it, or, like, maybe he wet his hair and only one side of it dried, and, the, and he fell asleep on the other side, and it just kind of poofed out. I don't know. So I'm going to play the ceremony as it gets going, because Kevin's going to give us a little bit of background information on um, Jack's boss and everything. You know, that's why they're there, because you don't know who this person is. The guy walking down the... You know, you don't know who they are, but Kevin's going to give you a little bit of background info. We are gathered here today to join Candy and Peter in holy matrimony. Who gives this bride away? I do. The bride was the daughter of Arthur Jensen, my dad's boss. Fortunately for my father, Jensen liked him enough to send an invitation to him and his immediate family. Unfortunately for me, I qualified as immediate family. family, well, three out of four of them are watching the wedding. Wayne, of course, is being Wayne. He's, like, putting, like, change, like, pennies or quarters or whatever on his elbow, because he's got his his arm back, so that way when he like, his hand goes forward, he he's trying to, like, catch it in his hand. And, of course, he has a lot of change on his elbow, because you hear it clatter to the floor, and we got people that are sitting behind them or that are kind of looking over like, what the hell was that? And even, you know, <laughs> and Kevin and, and Norman Jack, Jack's like, can it, will ya? It's like, dude, that's his boss's daughter's wedding. What the hell are you doing? And I guess Jack was one of the lucky Norcom people that, you know, he's, you know, in good relations with the boss, so the boss was able to give him an invite, but, I mean, maybe there might be other people that uh, got invites as well. I don't know. This is the quickest ceremony. Of course, you know, television ceremonies usually. The actual ceremony as far as the uh, the nuptials of going through, saying, I do, I do, giving of the rings, all that stuff. They didn't even do a unity candle, but then again, I don't know if they're religious or, not, or, or whatever. They didn't even say vows, like, do you take this blah, 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 and they're like, I do, 
I do. Congratulations, you're married. The end. And the guy's name is is Peter, and I think it was his name like ends with a an I, whether it's Italian or I'm not sure what it is, but yes, they're married. Norma just falls apart as Kevin mentions, like, and mom fell apart because she's like, <laughs> and even on the drive to the reception, she's still like, oh, it's like, I don't know of all the weddings that I've attended, if I've seen anyone like, you know, usually it's like the mother or the bride who usually will fall apart or something, but Norma's not even related to anybody in the wedding party, so... I mean, yeah, great. I mean, cry a little. Weddings, I might get a smidge, a smidge misty-eyed during a wedding, but that's about it. I don't, like, fall to pieces. Like, oh, my God, that's so beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Norma, come on, come on. I'm going to play this clip as they're in the car, and Jack's just looking at Norma like, honey, you okay? It's 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 been 20 minutes since the wedding ended. Basically, like, honey, please pull yourself together. We're gonna be at the reception shortly. Uh, let's uh, let's dry that face off. softener in one. It was just so beautiful. They're so perfect together. I guess you could say we were all pretty impressed. Just want to get this over with. Me too. What are you talking about? Don't you know weddings are the best places to meet babes? Yeah, right, like you know. <laughs> in order. Weddings uh, funerals, uh, airport lounges, uh, Wayne's Field experience aside, that day I was looking to forget about women. Okay, so, uh, Candy's husband's name is Peter Rotelli. That does sound kind of Italianish a little bit. Rotelli. And one of the things, oh, the elderly couple that were sleeping during the ceremony, everyone's applause woke them up. They're like, huh, where, where, where am I? Uh, uh. Who are they? And you know what I'm thinking? Of Norma, like, completely just breaking down into tears. Like, sobbing. And I kind of think about it. Well, think about it. Remember Karen's wedding? You know, uh, her daughter. was that, that wedding was last season. Um, gosh, I don't think she sobbed at all. Maybe teared up, you know, you know, happy tears. But this is, this woman's not even, this girl's not even related to you. Neither is the groom. I'm going to wonder, so is, is Norma, maybe she's going through the change. You know, maybe that makes people hormonal. I haven't had that happen to me yet. That's still probably another, like, 15 to 20 years from now, according to my doctor. <laughs> but, um, while Jack and Norma, you know, everyone's in the car, they're heading to the reception, the gift between that's sitting between Norma and Jack is huge. It is so big. And they have one of those it's a large Kleenex button. This must have been because it's 72. 
So, um, it's one of those long Kleenex boxes. Not the travel kind, but a regular long-sized box of Kleenex on the dashboard. I mean, the dashboard's huge, so there's plenty of room to put stuff up there. It's a shame they didn't have those little, um, little dog bobbing heads and stuff like that. So, Kevin, of course, as you heard in the clip, gives us a list of all the things that their mother breaks down and sobs at. Weddings being number one. Then you got funerals, bar mitzvahs, detergent and fabric softener commercials. Are you seeing, um, what, what was it, um, what the heck was the Teddy's name? Um, from the commercial, oh, dang. The Snuggle Bear. I was just starting to type it in and it hit me like, Snuggle. It's a Snuggle Bear. You don't see many commercials for the Snuggle Bear anymore, I don't think. But then again, we don't have TV anymore. We just have the uh, the three-pack deal, you know, with the Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime dealy. And it's just like, yeah. So Kevin's not looking forward to going to this reception and everything. And... Jack, definitely, he's like, I just want to get this fucking day over with. I don't, you know, no one wants to see their boss outside of their job. You know, and Jack's gonna have to, like, kind of play nice. Like, I really hate this guy. He's such a prick. But I work for him and I need my job. So I'm just gonna have to smile and deal with it. Wayne, of course, is like, huh, hey, don't you know that weddings are the best places to get laid, to meet babes? He doesn't say get laid, but that's pretty much, uh, that's the case there. Yeah, a lot of hookups, a lot of hookups at wedding receptions. You know, the mood for love is alive. Vulnerable bridesmaids that are, like, sucking up all the energy of love in the room. Like, oh my gosh, I want that too. Oh, I want to make out with somebody. And Norma's like, oh, it's so beautiful, the wedding, and they're so perfect for each other. So we don't know yet that Wayne's got a history with this girl. We're not going to really learn until he starts actually trying to get, you know, talk to her and stuff. And Wayne here's got his own list about where to meet girls. And Kevin just looks at him like, yeah, bullshit. You don't know. You don't know nothing about it. So weddings, of course, is top at Wayne's list, of course. Funerals. Uh, I don't know. Funeral, that just seems like a bad place to try to pick someone up. Like you're honing in on their vulnerability. Airport lounges. Wayne, when have you been at an airport? I think later this season when they they fly out to uh, Norma's parents. Because remember at the end of that episode where of uh, season five where Karen and Michael, they're married and they head out to Alaska. And, you know, Norma and Jack are, you know, they're sad. You know, they're losing their daughter. But... Didn't, was it Jack or Nor? Jack said that your parents weren't happy that I took you, like, miles and mi a thousand miles away from home. Which, if you think about it, Kevin's kind of get this whole, because this is all from adult Kevin's point of view. So we've heard a lot of different conflicting things about how Jack and Norma have met. Like, they met at a school dance. 
and or uh, and uh, of course there was one where they met at Macy's or um, Norma was working the counter. He had to return a tie or something like that. So they must have settled in California then, cause and maybe Jack lived out that way too. But I don't know. But anyway, let's let's. As you heard in the clip, all the wonderful places to meet someone and hook up. Laundry mats. Well, maybe, yeah. Bonding over your delicates. Car dealerships, because Kevin's kind of talking over this, so I'm trying to make out what else Wayne is saying. Bowling alleys, okay. Bus stops. Something, I thought he said something about carpets. But anyway, Kevin's got his own shit going on here, as he is in deep... With Winnie, she's not happy with him. Hopefully we find out why. She She's really accused her. You know what you did, Kevin. Is this about that girl at the lake? Is this about Kara? They were so happy in season one, episode six. What the hell did he do in the meantime to fuck things up? Kevin! And Kevin's all like, hey, Winnie, come on. What did I do? And uh, if I ever went Winnie, I'd be like, what didn't you do? You want me to give you a list? And she tells him maybe if you just slowed down a little, you wouldn't need a hit. What, did he push her too far? Kevin, did you push her too far? We know there's still, the virginity's still intact till the, till the end of the show. We know this. So what did you do, Kev? Oh, she is on to him. She's, she looked at him dead-eyed like, don't you even dare think about telling me you love me. That is not going to work. Okay, if you're just throwing out the I love yous, well, any real, real emotion or feel like, it's almost like, almost like an afterthought. Oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Jeremy actually was the one that told me he loved me first. It took me a while to say it because I really wanted to mean it. And I wanted to really feel it inside but I'm gonna play this clip field experience aside that day I was looking to forget about women well one woman anyway you know very well what you did Kevin what honest to god if you ask me today I couldn't tell you what I'd done Winnie what did I do just give me a little hint maybe if you just slowed down a little you wouldn't need a hint So I guess Kevin's on the outs with Winnie and he's probably going to look to try to score with a brides, a drunken bridesmaid or something. Because like, before I decided you know, to cover this, I've seen this one particularly before, but it's been a while. And I kept thinking, like, oh yeah, I remember this you know, with him, with the bridesmaid, but then I'm like, wait a minute, no, he and Winnie are together. They are together. Even though they're fighting, they're still in a relationship. So, what was Kevin hoping to achieve? Anyway, we get away from that. We go back to Wayne, and he's still going on with his list. Auctions. Taxi stands. Where are you where you can handle a taxi? Oh, animal shelter. Definitely. Sure. Has Wayne been to any of these places? Or is, where is he getting his facts? Like, from people he knows? Matters of women and weddings. I was pretty sure where I stood. 
And we uh, go to the front seat where, you know, they're still driving. Norma's blowing her nose. She's done sobbing. She's basically cleaning up her face. No bit of mascara running down her face at all. Her face is completely still makeable. Beautiful. Now we go to the reception. And we got Jack's boss introducing the Arnold family to his daughter. Arnold! <laughs> <laughs> Bart Jensen. When it came to my family, he was all heart. Norma. Oh, Norma, look at you. Oh. Yeah, enough. And when it came to my mother, he was all hands. Oh. Norma, Norma, Norma. When are you going to leave this guy and run away with me, huh? <laughs> Jackie boy, good to see you. Where's Beverly? Well, she's crying her eyes out in the bathroom. She's so happy. <laughs> I spent three months' salary on this wedding. My own wife's not going to see it. <laughs> you remember Kevin, our youngest? I do. Kevin. Hi. Wayne. Wayne, 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 Wayne. Wayne, this may not be the best place to tell you, but... Well, we're, we're cutting back at Norcom. We're going to have to let you go. Excuse me? Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding, Wayne. <laughs> So Kevin tells us Jack's boss's name is Art Jenkins. And the first thing Art does, looks at Norma and pulls her in for a hug. And Norma, the look of surprise on Norma's face as he is hugging her is one of, I feel uncomfortable, but I need to be polite. You know, this is my husband's boss. And of course, Norma's like, oh, where's uh, Beverly? Where's your wife? And Art's like, oh, well, she's crying her eyes out in the bathroom. I mean, I paid three months' salary for this wedding. So is that the wedding and the reception included or just the wedding? I don't know. How much do you think that wedding would have cost? He said three months' salary. What would he, if he's like, like, the head operation guy at Norcom, he must make a shit ton of money. And Norma introduces, you know, this is our youngest Kevin on the end here. And, oh, you remember Wayne. Of course, you know, Wayne also works at Norcom. And Art uses this as a fun opportunity to fuck with Wayne's head. As he's like, oh, you know, Wayne, uh, mm, I don't want to tell you this, but... Uh, Especially here, um, things are really tight at Norcom. We're, um, I'm gonna have to let you go. Sorry. And he keeps this up, this straight face. And then he just kind of smacks <laughs> Wayne's cheek. Like, ah, I'm just going to buddy, I'm just kidding. Like, yeah, leave work at work, please. And I don't know, he must kind of lightly, like, jab Wayne in the belly, because then Wayne's doubled over, like, Ugh. Um, also, when he, after he's done hugging Norma, he looks at her and says, when are you going to leave this guy here and run away with me? What the heck? 
like, this guy, eh, well, they take it in polite humor. I mean, like I said, it's his boss. What can he really do? And, of course, they're like, oh, Candy, you remember Wayne? And she looks at him like, oh, no, we've actually, we've never met. And Wayne is, like, completely guffawed, like, wait, what? No, we, we went out last, last August. And she's like, mm, I don't remember that. It's like, she's, like, standing there in front of her new husband and completely denying that she ever had anything to do with Wayne. She's never met him before. Complete stranger. Okay, so I thought that, yeah, they had just hooked up at a wedding once, and that's how they know. No, they actually went out. They went out for a bit. We never saw her. This must have been, like, like post-Sandy or something like that. Because, I don't know, did she maybe go to McKinley as well? I don't know. So, introductions aside, they kind of get into the reception. Kevin's kind of shaking hands with, you know, either the bridesmaids or the family of the bride. Now, I don't know if I've said this, but guys, I am not feeling Kevin's hair for season six. It is, it's not, I don't like, it's like parted, like, on the side and kind of swooped over and then the, the side is like push like kind of combed back. I don't like it. So this must have been a thing for the seventies, where it's like you part your hair on the side, comb over the top, and then you like push the back. Because I do think Kevin's hair, when it gets a little longer, it does kind of curl at the edges a little bit. And with that, the festivities got underway officially. <laughs> Not that I was a stranger to these things. I knew the drill. The fake smiles. The small talk. Hi. The incredible women. Linda Carr. Hi. Kevin. Kevin Arnold. Hi, Kevin, Kevin Arnold. So, quite a place, huh? And how about that ceremony? Hey, nothing wrong with being friendly, right? This is Aunt Muriel. Aren't you a peach? I was just going to say I couldn't shake another hand if you paid me. But for you, I'll make an exception. <laughs> Thanks. Uh-huh. All in all, it was clear this night was going to be some fun. Okay, um, the woman who plays Candy, her, the actress's name is Amy Graham. And I kind of thought, you know, she does look... Like someone familiar. And I looked it up in the trivia. She is the younger sister of Heather Graham. Wow. I'm going to look up Heather Graham real quick and just see what her age is. Heather Graham. Is that right, though? So what? They would have been born a year apart? Hold on. Something's, something's not right here. So Heather Graham was born in 1970, in January 1970. Then her sister was born September 1971. I guess that's not really too far-fetched. So this is where, in the lineup, Kevin's shaking hands, he meets, I'm guessing she might be a cousin. Her name is, she says her name is Linda, Linda Carr. And then she kind of like, oh, hey, uh, that's my, uh, that's uh, Aunt Muriel. So that's probably Candy's aunt. And this woman, 
this woman takes a liking to Kevin right away. Like, oh, I was going to, like, go sit down and everything. And, uh, you know, I was kind of tired of, you know, having to shake everyone's hand. But I'll make an exception for you. And Kevin's just kind of looking at her like, oh, all right, dang it. <laughs> so we got a band playing Leroy Brown up there. And they're all right. It's a... It's a group. I don't know who they are. Are they supposed to be, like, similar, like, to the... What is... The, is it the Mamas and the Papas? I mean, it's, no, it's not them. It's, it's clear... It's a cover band. It's a woman and a guy on a guitar and a guy singing lead vocals there. No, I'm sorry. No, I'm... No. Um, Leroy Brown, the song is actually being sung by an African-American who... I didn't see him at first. That Those two guys and that lady were... At first, I thought they were front and center, but no, there's a guy that's sitting down who's doing the vocals. Gotcha. So, Kevin's kind of, you know, uh, narrating, going around the room, just saying who's who, just kind of talking about the guests and everything. We got a kid that looks clearly seven or eight, dancing with a three or four-year-old. That couple that <laughs> fell asleep at the ceremony and woke up at the end, yeah, they're dancing together. And we got kids that are probably going to, like, run onto the dance floor and slide across it on their knees. Because you know that that dance floor, that black and white checkered dance floor, is waxed to the 10th degree. So Wayne and and Kevin are kind of hanging out with, uh, I don't know, this uh, group of college-age people. But I'm going to play this clip. And friendly folk from all walks of life sat down to break bread. Since we'll be sharing a table together, I think we should introduce ourselves. Somehow... I couldn't wait. I'll start. My name is Morgan. I enjoy old movies and listening to albums. I'm, I'm also pre-law. I'm Cynthia. I'm pre-med. <laughs> <laughs> and how about you? I'm Wayne. Passier one. <laughs> yeah, nothing like the patented Arnold icebreaker. I'm missing an ovary. <laughs> what? I like to be right in front about it because it really doesn't bother me at all. Who cares? Jeez, That's good. Hey. Hi. Everybody having a good time? Great. You look beautiful. Yeah, so you're great. Are you enjoying yourself, Kevin? Yeah. It's... It's... Great. Well, good. Uh, don't forget there's more food over at the... Hi. Uh, at the, uh, buffet table. I guess you didn't see me. Yeah. Does anyone mind if I take the centerpiece? They just throw it out at the end anyway. So much for dinner. So, the few, the few people that they're sitting, that Kevin and Wayne are sitting with are all college-age people. This one guy's like, hey, how about an icebreaker? Let's go, go around and introduce ourselves. My name is so-and-so. I like old movies and playing records. I'm also pre-med. Wait, no, that was a girl. No, he's pre-law. The girl next to him says that she's pre-med. What else did she say? Oh, and the guy's name is Morgan. Oh, he said albums, not rec. Well, albums, records, same fucking thing. 
So Cynthia is pre-med, and the fact that he's like, oh, I'm also pre-law, as he looks to Cynthia and smiles like, hey, does that impress you? And she's like, oh, well, my name's Cynthia. She's not even really looking at everybody around the table. She's looking right at Morgan and saying, I'm pre-med. Like, who fucking cares? We don't, I don't think we really do. The times that Jeremy and I have been to a reception, usually it's because... We've known the people. Uh, it's usually family weddings and stuff. Like in the receptions, we're sitting with family and stuff like that. And S Cynthia kind of turns to Wayne, like, oh, and you are? And he's like, I'm Wayne, past A1. And he's using the back of a butter knife to kind of dig in between his teeth. Like, that is not what you use. Use a toothpick. I know there isn't one there, but. And. <laughs> this girl, I'm trying to remember what her name was, but she looks right at Kevin, and she's like, I'm missing an ovary. That would be so uncomfortable. I know she's like, well, I want, I like to be upfront about it. Like, great, that's, that's great. You just made this that much more awkward. And the girl with the missing ovary is like asking, like, hey, does anyone want this centerpiece? Because they throw it out at the end anyway. It's like, well... Wouldn't instead you might want to ask? Because you never know. What if one of the family members wants it? Because they would have dibs. Candy comes over and kind of says, Hey, how are you doing? Everyone having a great time? There's more food over there. And Wayne is kind of looking at her like, Hey. And she does not acknowledge him. She doesn't even really look at him. She just keeps talking. She looks at, it at Kevin and acknowledges, hi, hi, Kevin, how you doing? You having a great time? And she turns around to go, but you see the look of irritation and uncomfortable, uncomfortableness on her face. Like, oh, this guy. Wayne is one of those people that she probably had sex with and immediately regretted it afterward. The girl who says I'm missing it already doesn't even say her name, which just as well. <laughs> Sideshow Bob here. <laughs> anyway, Kevin gets up to walk around, and he's by that swan. I think he breaks the beak off of it. I'm sorry, guys. He does not break the beak. He, like, pulls on the beak and somehow knocks it back, and it, like, breaks easily. I thought, like, it's... It's a swan. It's like one of those ice sculpture swans. You're telling me those things break that easily. How much did you spend on that, Mr. Jensen? And we know he spent three months' salary on the wedding itself, or that probably includes the reception. And, of course, Kevin's like, oh, shit, didn't even see me. And because, what, a couple people that are in the buffet line, they have a personal chef cooking up food over there. I see him in that... Chef's coat. But anyway, there's at least two people. A guy in a tux and a woman that look in Kevin's direction. And he's trying to, like, be nonchalant. I'm like, I didn't do anything. It wasn't me. I, if that happened to me, I'm like, okay, just walk away. Just walk away and no one knows anything. Art is being so forceful, pulling Norma onto the dance floor. She's got a cup in her hand. He's like, come on, just dance. Just one dance with me. Come on, come on. He's like, no, no, I don't. And he's practically forcing her on the dance floor. Dance with me one time, please. Oh, just later. one time. Later. Later. Mom was spending. Oh, no. One dance, Arthur. All she was worth. 
So, and she's even saying, like, you know, maybe later, she's got that glass of, like, champagne or whatever, and the way that he's pulling on her hand, she ends up spilling it right where his cummerbund is, and she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's like, oh, don't worry about it. Come on, dance. And she's looking back, looking at Jack, like, Jack, please help me. I don't want to dance with this guy. She's like, maybe later, maybe, maybe later. He's not, he's not taking no for an answer. No means no. So, we got uh, Linda coming up to Kevin. I think she's going to proposition him with uh, hanging out by the gazebo later. Hi, Kevin. Kevin Arnold. Oh, hi. It's just Kevin, you know. So, having the time of your life? Yeah, it's great. Well, I'm just bored crazy. You know, I think couples should do everyone a favor and just elope. Yeah. I know what you mean. Please don't walk away, and I promise I'll say something interesting. So how old are you, anyway? Mm -hmm. Let's see here. Nineteen. Excellent. I'm a sophomore in state. Oh, a state man, huh? Yep, that's me. You know it would be a lot of fun. That is, if you're a fun guy. Are you a fun guy, Kevin Kevin? Sure. I love fun. Well, um... You got any grass? Grass? Kilo? Yeah, I stashed a kilo in the hat check room. Sorry. It's fresh out. Hmm. That's too bad. That would have been fun. Well, bye. It may have been a turning point. Sure, I had Winnie, but this was a wedding. And if weddings were a time for romance, a time for possibility, a time when we might embrace the unexpected, then this was my time. Yeah? I think I can get us some champagne. Meet me at the gazebo in half an hour. Okay? Sure. Gazebo. Whatever that was. And suddenly, with Linda's words, everything changed. The annoying guests, Arthur Jensen, all became none other than harmless prologue to the day's main event. There was no other way to put it. Things were definitely looking up. So she asked Kevin, like, hey, how old are you? And he's like, mm, I'm 19. I go to state. College guy. So, of course, being he's a college guy, of course, she's going to, she asked, you know, do you have grass on you, you know, marijuana? And he's like, oh, uh, you know, because she probably thinks, you know, college people, you know, in the 70s, they smoked weed. I don't like that. I mean, the, the, the comment she makes at first is like, oh, you know what? People in love, you just, like, save us all the trouble and just elope. Bitch, no one forced your hand to come to that fucking reception. You don't like it? Get the fuck out of there. And Kevin's all thinking about, you know, Winnie, you know, even though he's going with Winnie, wedding receptions are a great time for romance and blah, blah, blah. Basically fucking um, with no 
strings attached, no connections, you'll never see the person again. It's like, Kevin, come on. I thought, I know he's a teenager, but come on. He just got back with Winnie. Do we need to really do this? And, of course, he's like, hey, I'm fresh out of the weed. She's like, oh, well, that's too bad. And she's like, yeah. So as she's walking off, Kevin's kind of thinking to himself, should I, shouldn't I? And he goes up to her like, hey, I bet I can get us some champagne. She's like, hey, meet me by the gazebo in half an hour. And, of course, Kevin doesn't know what the heck a gazebo is. He's like, I don't know what that is. But whatever, sure, I'll meet you there. And she even says, I, are you a fun, fun, are you a funny guy? Are you a fun guy, Kevin? Are you into fun? Because I want to have some fun. She just wants to get high and get, like, pl- plastic. She just wants to get filled with Kevin. She wants, <laughs> yeah. So Kevin's just kind of, you know, trying to snatch some, uh, Some champagne. Of course, I think that Muriel kind of ropes him into a dance. Like, Ugh. As afternoon turned into night, things began to change. The music got slower. The champagne <laughs> flowed. Romance took center stage. For Arthur Jensen, anyway. Norman's dress really flatters you. <laughs> nothing. Nothing? If this is nothing, I'd like to see something. As for me, I was on a mission. Excuse me. Excuse me. Just one little hitch. What does it take to get a drink around here? Hey, Kev. Dad, what are you doing here? What do you mean? You know, shouldn't you be dancing with mom or someone? Can't. She's already dancing. Your wife's a regular ballerina out there, Jack. Now look at you. You're standing around here. What's the matter? Your corn's acting up or something? Bartender, let me tell you something, Jack. Everything costs these things. Flowers? You have no idea how expensive a couple of tulips are. You know, you want the napkins folded to look like birds? That's extra. Maybe I should quit Norcom and get into catering. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jack, listen. I love your lifestyle, man. You keep it real simple. Plus, you're abnormal. Boy. Sometimes I wish I were in your shoes. Providing, of course, I could keep my own salary. (laughs) But somehow, if Dad was looking for me to help... I gotta go. I'm afraid he was on his own. Would you like a drink? So, Kevin's saying, you know, now it's kind of evening time. Music's slowing down. Romance is in the air. People are slow dancing. We see... Mr. Jensen, Jack's boss, hitting on Norma, and she is so uncomfortable. It's like, oh, this dress looks so great on you. And she's like, oh, well, it's nothing. And she's like, and he's like, oh, well, if this is nothing, I'd like to see something. Guy, what the hell is wrong with you? He is a perv. This actor, he never plays any nice guys. He's always playing an asshole. And he actually pulls her right up against him. It's like, that guy's probably got a freaking boner. Ew. Kevin's trying to score some champagne. Well, we got the bartender. He's helping a couple of people, and Kevin's like, hey, hey, come here. I want some alcohol. What does it take to get a drink? Guy, K- 
can't you wait five seconds? He's helping a couple other people, and you clearly are un underage. Because no of-age person is going to be screaming at the bartender. And, of course, when someone moves out of the way, we see Jack's hanging out at the end of the bar. Kevin's surprised to see him, like, oh, Dad, um, what are you doing here? Shouldn't you be, you know, dancing with Mom or some person? And Kevin, or Jack's like, well, I like to ask you what you're doing here. And before Kevin can come up with an excuse, Arthur comes up with Norma, and then he's complaining, like, oh my gosh, these weddings, let me tell you, they're so expensive. Do you know how much it costs for tulips? Or napkins that are shaped like swans? Oh my goodness, I should quit Norcom and just move into the catering business. And he's making a joke like, Jack, what are you doing here? Why aren't you out on the dance floor? What, your corns are acting up? He's completely insulting the hell out of Jack with Norma right there. It's like he comes up trotting up with his wife. Kind of makes me think of uh, the cost of living, that season four episode where Jack had to go golfing with Kent. And it's like, whatever you say, Ken, whatever you say, sure, yep. Yep, you're right, Ken. You're always right. It's like, you're at the mercy of these people because, of course, you don't want to lose your job. What can you do? And Kevin just looks at them like, hey, I gotta get out of here, bye. Like, I'm on a mission. I'm scoring some booze. I'm gonna go hit it with a, a bridesmaid because she thinks I'm 19 and in college. <laughs> Kevin's... Trying to beg off that bottle of champagne from Wayne. It's like, please, because Wayne's got, we come back to Wayne, he's got this giant-ass grin on his face. And Kevin's, like, begging, like, please, I bet he's gonna, like, say, I'll give it for you for 20 bucks. Which is probably as much as that, that champagne probably costs at least 50, even in 1972. Arthur Jensen is a high-class man, he wants only the best for his daughter. I believe you would. I could give you this bottle. As a matter of fact, if it was up to me, I'd give it to you right now. Bingo. But, according to the state drinking law, you're underage, so if I did, I'd be committing a crime, and that would be wrong. Great. Suddenly my brother become Joe Friday. Hi. <laughs> Candy. Candy, wait up. Excuse me. And I was in the bubbly. So, Wayne is all like, you know, because Kevin's like, hey, I'd do it for you. And I'm like, uh, Kev, your brother is of legal drinking age. He doesn't have to have you do that for him. <laughs> oh, it's just so funny. And then Wayne's all like, well, you know. You are of age, and if I complied and gave you this bottle, I'd be committing a crime because you're an elite. You can't be drinking. You're 16 years old. I could go to jail. <laughs> but Wayne gets distracted by Candy who walks by. You know, this is bugging the hell out of me a little bit. Wayne is one of those people that clearly, you know, he had sex. He had a connection with this girl. In his mind, he had a connection with her. 
So sex meant something to him because he probably did lose his virginity to this girl and she, you know, lost hers to him. Yet she's not having a problem with it. He, unfortunately, has a problem moving forward. Wayne, this is her wedding day. It doesn't matter that she's lying to her husband, her now husband, that she's a virgin when she's not. But the fact that he keeps pursuing her. Buddy, sit it down. Find a bridesmaid. Go out to the gazebo. Go to Pound Town. You need to cut this connection loose. Cut it loose. Find somebody... He's already had sex, so it's not like it's a big deal to him anymore. So, I don't know, but here's the clip. This is just Wayne being desperate. Because he hands off the bottle of champagne to Kev. Like, here you go, I gotta go speak to her. Like, you really don't, Wayne. Because the whole night, she has been avoiding him like the plague. Avoiding eye contact. Not looking at him. Not acknowledging his existence. She even flat out says, I've never seen him before. I don't know who he is. for the bride. No, I don't think that would be possible. Well, how about later then? No, I don't think that would be possible either. Smooth move, XLX. <laughs> Possibly a mistake. Give me that. Hey. And there it went. My last chance at romance, intrigue, adventure. My last chance at Linda. So Wayne's like, hey, how about one dance with the bride? She's like, no, that won't be possible. He's like, well, what about later? And she's like, no, no, that won't be possible either. She just brushes past him like, please don't talk to me again. I don't want to be seen with you. And out of frustration, Wayne grabs the <laughs> champagne bottle. Kev, you should have just left when you got that bottle. Just cleared out of there and just zip, zip, bye. Because Wayne takes it out of Kevin's hand Kevin looks over, sees Linda kind of, po she's pointing to her watch, looking at Kevin like, what's the deal? Let's go. Come on. And he's like, fuck. And, eh. and he's also looking at Dad, who's over there trying to make the best of a shitty situation with his boss hitting on his wife. Ugh, I feel so bad for him. I feel bad for Jack. So Dad leaves the bar. Kevin's like, all right, this is a great opportunity. Kevin, you're going to get carded. You think that guy's gonna just give you alcohol without asking for ID first? I'm sure anyone that's over the age of 30, they don't have to check ID. But anyone under the age of 25, they probably gotta like, hey, can I see your ID? You look a little young. I don't want to lose my job. So Kevin thinks he's gonna go like, hey, it's clear Dad's gone from the booze table. I'm gonna go to the bartender. And Muriel stops and like, oh, handsome, I want to dance with you. I'm like, oh, no. But, of course, Kevin obliges because he's a nice guy. He doesn't want to make an embarrassing show for his dad to have to deal with. And then, just as things looked hopeless, a miracle. Suddenly, nothing stood between me and destiny. There you are, handsome. Nothing but Mrs. Robinson's stunt double. Is it time for my dance yet? Uh. <laughs> Your arms are so strong. I bet you can pick me up like a feather. 
Sure. One of those rare 180-pound feathers. You want to try? No. <laughs> uh, no, I better not. <laughs> Why don't you leave for a while? Uh, actually, I gotta go. Thanks for the dance, though. Sure thing, ma'am, chump. And once and for all, I was on my way. Driven, unrelenting, determined to get that champagne, no matter what it took. Look. As it happened, it didn't take much. And with that, I was on my way. So Aunt Muriel is horny and drunk. Very drunk, very horny. And she yanks Kevin onto the dance floor. She's suddenly, oh my gosh, your muscles, you're so strong. I bet you can lift me up above your head. And if Dirty Dancing, the movie, had come out, she'd probably really want that to happen. Like, oh, let's do the Patrick Swayze move from Dirty Dancing at the end of the movie. No, that movie had not come out yet. Thank goodness, because <laughs> she's even like, oh, do you think you want to you want to try to like lift me up above your head? And he's like, no, 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 I don't. Kevin is, yeah. he's like, I gotta go, he's, I gotta go, I gotta go, and she's, like, he's like, thank you for the dance, but I gotta leave, and as he's walking away, she's like, sure thing, lamb chop, but Kevin zips up to the bartender, he's like, look, and the guy just plops down, like, some champagne, doesn't even ask to see ID, Kevin just grabs it, and book. it's, it's apparently it's that simple. You would not get away with that nowadays. No way would you get away with that. So Kevin's hanging out by the gazebo, drinking, 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 waiting for Linda. And he'll play this clip. I took a moment to contemplate my good fortune, my incredible luck, the remarkable turn of events that had brought me here, sitting with a cold bottle of champagne, waiting. Sipping. Slurping. Guzzling. Chugging. Sprawling. Sitting there one hour later, three sheets to the wind, drunk as a skunk, watching my amazing hand. No problem. 
my stupor, I knew what I'd done. I behaved like an idiot, betrayed my girlfriend. I'd acted like a fool. And now? Linda. Yes, Kevin? It was time to face the truth. About myself. About my past. Time to stand up and act like a man. But maybe most of all, it was time to come clean. I... Yes, Kevin? So I did. So Kevin's sitting at that gazebo for like an hour drinking that whole bottle of champagne. I don't know how much Kevin weighs. He's definitely got to weigh well over 100 pounds. Like I said, he's been drinking that for an hour straight. He's never gotten drunk before. And he's just sitting on the steps looking at his hand. you think he were high the way he's so mesmerized by the fact that he has fingers and he can move them. Then he's looking at his palm. And in it, his the palm of his hand is Winnie's face saying, You know what you did, Kevin. I shouldn't have to tell you. And, of course, it looks like he's about ready to talk to the palm of his hand, like, actually have a conversation. But that's when Linda comes. Linda's going to be about, what, maybe 19, 20 years old? And she brings along this 40-plus-year-old man, gross 1972. Yes, it is 1972, but the haircuts weren't always the greatest looking. And... <laughs> She basically got tired of waiting for Kevin, like, oh, I don't really want to hang out by the gazebo. I'd rather do this, like, get laid by this disgusting fool. And Kevin's standing up. And at that point, he realizes he, he cannot stand very well. Because the minute he stands up, he, he's like, and he kind of leans, almost lean falls against the, the, um, the handrail there. And she's like, Kevin, are you going to be okay? What the hell? Either it's the actress or the way she's delivering the lines. You'd think she had found some weed and was speaking very, very slowly. So Kevin goes down the two remaining steps. There are only three on this gazebo. <laughs> and he looks at Linda. And you can see he's kind of like bobbing back and forth. Like he, he has no control over his body. His lack of balance. And he's trying to like look at Linda in the face like, Linda, um, and she's like, yes, Kevin. And he's like pointing at her like he wants to make a point or say something. And he's like, all and she screams because he like pukes all over her chest. She was wearing like one of those low cut like just like the hem of the, the top of the dress area is just above the crease of her boobs. And I'm sure that puke went all up in her breasts. And yeah, that guy, that uh, 40 year old man that you were going to shag later. Yeah, he's not having it. He's, he's like, okay, bye. I want to be with someone who doesn't have puke on them. So now we get back to the wedding reception, and of course, the groom wants to make a toast. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, before y'all go, I just want to say a few words. 
By the time I got back from the men's room, I wasn't feeling too good about anything. About weddings, about marriage, about human nature. And at that moment, I couldn't help but think that all the proposed romance behind a wedding was just a sham. You gonna dance with me later? Huh? For those of you who don't know me, I got married here today. Yeah, and I paid for it. <laughs> there it was. An empty ritual. Dressed up in lies and hypocrisy and greed. Not many of you know the story behind Candy and me. I'm not going to tell it now. I just wouldn't want anyone to leave here today not knowing how I feel about her. I feel, uh, very lucky today. I don't know what you guys are going to remember about this wedding today. Uh, so I'm going to ask you to remember one thing. That you know how happy and lucky, uh, fortunate, I feel that I get to say that Candy is my wife. We did things kind of the old-fashioned way, oh, for 1972 anyway. I'm glad we waited. Honey? testament to romance at its finest and most pure. It was a declaration of virtue, simple and gracious and real. And after a day of infidelities, some proposed and planned, some more subtle, I felt for the first time that someone believed in something a little different. In love. In commitment. All right. So Kevin's coming back and he looks really wiped out. Like that time of vomiting in the men's bathroom took it out of him as he's practically limping into the reception hall. Like his hair is kind of plastered, like sweaty, like back away from his face and everything. Poor guy. He's going to have a hell of a hangover tomorrow. A whole bottle of champagne. A whole bottle. So, Candy's husband, so Peter just wants to say a few words about, like, hey, I'm not going to tell you how Candy and I met. You probably already heard the story. And he mentioned something about uh, the reception. Like, it's late at night. Everyone's probably getting ready to head out the door. And he's he mentioned something. And then, of course... Mr. You know, Candy's dad is all like, yeah, and I paid for it. Like, yeah, we get it. And he's still got his arm slung around Norma's shoulder, almost kind of like encasing her like next to him. And Norma's just looking at Jack like, Jack, please just do anything, anything to help me because I don't want to. Because he's like, oh, you going to dance with me later? It's like, buddy, you've been monopolizing Norma the whole damn night. Find your wife. 
wherever the hell she is, because I'm sure she's still not in the bathroom bawling her eyes out, and go dance with her. But anyway, the guy's like, uh, Peter's all like, you know, we did a little things a little old-fashioned, uh, old-fashioned for 1972. Okay, I would not call that old-fashioned by 1972, waiting until you're married to have sex. I, I didn't wait, but anyway. Um, he's like, well, I'm glad we waited. And he calls Candy up, and they kiss and everything like that. And Jack's had enough, you know, of his boss. And he looks at him and says, Hey, Arthur, get your hand off my wife, or I'll fucking break it off. And Arthur just looks at Jack surprised, like, Oh, what? I thought you were okay with me dancing with your wife. And Jack wastes no time. He grabs Norma's hand like, come on, let's dance. Like, he hasn't been able to get with his wife and be with his wife and dance with his wife at all. Since they walked in the door, Arthur, you know, zoned in on her, like, and zeroed in on her and, like, I'm going to dance with her as a whole. She's better than my wife. It's like, you could be dancing with your wife. Where the hell is she? You know, and I got to hand it to Jack. He, like put up with it as long as he could. It's like, I want to get at least one dance with my wife before this reception is over. Poor guy's probably been at the bar the whole time drinking, because what the hell else is he going to do? You know, he finally said, enough's enough. I can only be polite for so long. And Peter and Candy, you know, are up on stage when he calls her up, like, hey, I get to say that Candy's my wife. Almost sounds possessive. And she comes up, they kiss, it looks very genuine, but now I think Kevin's gonna go find Wayne. Like, what's Wayne doing? Fly me to the moon. I guess you could say Let that weddings mean a lot of things to a lot of people. Let me see what spring we might cry at the romance unfulfilled in our own lives. And shrink at the yeah, unforeseen the compromises our lives have held for us. But weddings also bring out hope and promise and possibility. Baby, kiss me. After all, Fill as we choose our partners, song, some of us make our choices for life. And some of us dance with just one of many. And sometimes, for the lucky ones, we remember why we picked who we did. And after years of fighting over burnt toast and bounced checks, we might, for a brief moment, look at each other as we once did, before kids and mortgages and routine conspired against us. And others are content to postpone their choices knowing somehow that the future, like that Saturday afternoon, will tempt us with dances, both slow and fast. That was a really nice speech, huh? You know the stuff about love and that whole part about waiting? Maybe he waited, but she didn't. Where? Not a wedding. 
So Kevin and Wayne are hanging out. Wayne chugging the champagne in a champagne flute, not just chugging from the bottle. And Kevin's talking about the speech and all that, you know, how nice it was and about waiting. And Wayne just looks at him like, he might have waited, but she didn't. And Kevin just looks at Wayne like, what? You, you two? And Wayne's like, yeah, yeah, we did. And Wayne's like, or Kevin's like, where, where did it happen? He's like, at a wedding. They fucked. She didn't want to wait. She wanted that sweet Wayne D, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so later that night during the wedding night, he's going to like, wait a minute. She's not a virgin. A virgin. She's enjoying this a little too much. She should be probably in vain. <laughs> yeah. Because girls all know that first time is, it's painful. <laughs> yeah. So, did Wayne and her, like, go to a wedding reception or something? Or maybe she... Because if that's the case, then Norma and Jack would have... I mean, they know that that's, you know, Jack's boss's daughter and everything like that, but... And wedding sex, isn't that usually... It's like when you, you hook up. It's more like... It's like a quick up-against-the-wall thing. Guys, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be graphic in any way, but never mind. <laughs> So, Wayne kind of toasts to Candy as she's getting her pictures taken with her new husband and her dad. We finally get to see the mom. She's been MIA for uh, the majority of the episode. Apparently, she's been in the... She just now got out of the bathroom. She finally pulled herself together enough to be able to get a picture. She was starting to, like, walk away, but her husband got... Uh, Arthur grabbed her, like, come on, honey, get in the picture here. Dang it, we need a picture together. It's your daughter's wedding day. <laughs> so that's the episode. Um, I'm going to give this one... I'm going to give it a three out of five. Kevin getting drunk and, like, vomiting all over that girl was hilarious. I had to laugh because she was kind of a bitch. Um, Jack telling off his boss at the end, like, he'd had enough. Like, you get your hand off my wife or I'll break it off. Like, I will forcibly remove it from your body. Um, the ending with Wayne, the big reveal. The bride is not a virgin. She did not wait. Um, the two things I, I didn't really care for, uh, Aunt Muriel. She was a bit of a, a hornball. Horny and drunk. Ooh. Um, I did not like the girl with the missing ovary. We don't even know her name, but I didn't care for her. The fact that she was so forthright, like, oh, I just like to be honest. Well, sometimes you need to keep <laughs> things to yourself. You didn't hear, um, whatever, the the, the girl and uh, uh, Morgan, you didn't hear them dev devoiding, the, you know, their secrets and they... I like records. I like albums and watching old movies and I'm pre-law and the girl is, you know, pre-med and stuff like that. Neither of them said anything about reproductive issues. <laughs> so, um, yeah. As far as her wondering words of wisdom, um, I 
I'd say in Jack's case, it's like, if your boss wants to have a dance with your wife, a dance, as in one dance, great. I'm like, okay, one. But then you bring my wife back to me. I would have made it very clear. And he, that guy, his boss did not respect boundaries. The fact that he was, like, like pulling Norma up against, like, flat against his body was gross. That guy, don't like him. I'm happy we never see him again. I really want to know what exactly Kevin did to irritate uh, Winnie. I mean, because this is only the third episode. So far, um, she doesn't like the fact that his car smells like Chinese and he's got a dragon painted on the side of it. Well, what are you going to do? He's got to have a job, right? Um, and she wasn't even in the fishing episode, so I don't know. He did so. I think it's something, the fact that maybe he, like, pushed her too hard, like, to, you know, have sex or something. And she didn't, you know, she kind of pushed him away and he was kind of forcing the... I think it's something like that. Like, she said, you gotta slow down. And he's just not... He's a teenage boy. He's not hearing her. He's got blinders on. I don't know. Now, even though you heard it in the clip, you know, there was music playing, and I kind of want to, this is a cute, I like this uh, quote from Adult Kevin. Narrator, Adult Kevin. It was a testament to romance at its finest and most pure. It was a declaration of virtue, simple and gracious and real. And after a day of infidelities, some proposed and planned, some more subtle, I felt, for the first time, that someone believed in something a little different. In love. In commitment. In each other. It almost made me glad to be there. I guess you could say that weddings mean a lot of things to a lot of people. We might cry at the romance unfulfilled in our own lives, and shrink at the unseen compromises our lives have held for us. But, somewhat, uh, but weddings also bring out hope and promise and possibility. After all, as we choose our partners, some of us make our choices for life, and some of us dance with just one of many. And sometimes, for the lucky ones, we remember why we picked who we did. And after years of fighting over burnt toast and bounced checks, we might, for a brief moment, look at each other as we once did, before kids and mortgages and routine conspired against us, and others are content to postpone their choices, knowing somehow that the future, like that Saturday afternoon, will tempt us with dances both slow and fast. Mm. Oh, I forgot to mention um, the sweet scene of Jack and Norma dancing. It was it was really beautiful. I love that close-up camera shot on them. And it's almost like a spotlight was kind of shining down on them. Um, Mariel gets her shot of dancing with Arthur Jensen, Jack's boss, which she is all wanting to be handsy on him, too. It's like, that's kind of, um... I'm saying, like, that guy deserves that. After the way that he treated Norma like that, almost like she was, like, a piece of meat, just saying, oh, you look so good in that dress. Like, oh, are you going to dance with me later, even though we've danced, like, five other times tonight? But, you know, and, and Candy and, um, <laughs> um, what the hell's his name? It's not Roger. 
Peter! Jesus, why can't I remember his name? He looks like a Roger. <laughs> I guess. I kind of wonder, honestly, looking into the, thinking about the future, because we don't know what happens to this couple later on. Kevin probably never sees him again. Do you think they made it? What are you doing over there, Quinn? What are you doing? Being a goofball? <laughs> you goofy cat. Um, do you think they make it? Or do you think the fact, or do you think he'll find out that she she's not a virgin? I, I don't know. I I don't mean to be harping on that. I'm sorry, but um, <laughs> yeah, I kind of wonder. I kind of wonder because she seemed young to be getting married. I mean, probably what 19, 20? That's still really young, even by today's standards. Twenty seems young. Like that sounds like. You're not going to college. You're just getting... I, I honestly would have to say, it seems like nowadays that a lot of people are waiting till after college and they're getting married in their late 20s, 26, 28, stuff. I was 24 going on 25. I was like a month and a 10 days short of turning 25. Jeremy would have been 32. So, yeah, it just depends on the people. I mean, I'm not condone, you know, I'm not putting it down. Like, if you want to get married, like, straight out of high school, that's great. That's fine. It's, that's your business and everything. I don't want to put people down for that. But it's just, like, I think people need to really, like, grow up. Like, they've got a, a get some life experience before you pick that partner that you want to spend the rest of your life with. And then I, I think that people just, they're not, sometimes people, it, I don't know. Sometimes people, I think they're in a rush and they're in love and it's in the moment and they're feeling all these emotions that they just rush out and get, you know, those are the people that get, like, elope in Vegas or something and then they get a divorce, like, a few days later, but... Alrighty, um, let's talk about next week's episode. So, what's going to happen is, because we've already did the Sex and Economics episode, that's Season 6, Episode 4, during the Jobs Edition. So, the episode that we're going to be focusing on next week, if here it is, Season 6, Episode 5, entitled Politics as Usual, which aired on October 21st, 1992. Kevin gets jealous when Winnie starts devoting her time to a campaign to elect Gov to elect George McGovern and seems smitten with a charismatic older guy who is heading the campaign. Okay, so already they've just recently gotten together and she's, I mean, Kevin can sense these things. Like, Winnie is being pulled, like, by this guy for, you know, she's doing this because this guy, I think, is, the governor guy is, whether he's promising to stop the war in Vietnam or something to that effect. But I'll read more on that when I cover it. And it's just like, don't get me wrong, guys. You know that I love Winnie and Kevin when they're together. It just seems like when they are together, it's for a short time. And she's always kind of pulled away by somebody else. It's almost like, I like you for the moment until someone better comes along. And this whole, you know, this show is 
from Kevin's own memories and everything. And maybe he's perceiving things in his mind and seeing them as better than what they probably were. Because he's built Winnie up in his mind. And like I said, we're seeing all of this from his point of view. So, you know, it's like definitely Kevin has put Winnie Cooper on a pedestal. And Madeline Adams even said, I don't know what the big deal is about Winnie Cooper because it's like every guy flo flocks to her like a bird, like a homing pigeon or, so, or something. And she's a lighthouse, like boats to a lighthouse. It's just, there's something about, you know, there's nothing wrong with Winnie. She's a great girl. You know, she's sweet. She, I guess she might have a sense of humor. I haven't laughed at anything that she said, but... But I don't, I actually just moved all of my podcast stuff back upstairs since it's going to be fall tomorrow. I'm going to be, you know, my main hub is going to be upstairs until, you know, we get back to like late May, June when it starts to get really hot up here again, then I'll move back downstairs. But let's give a shout out to some listeners for the week. Alright guys, now strap in. This is going to be a bit of a long list. Uh, and I apologize again if I mispronounce any names. Lisbon, Portugal. Cedar Park, Texas. Pittsburgh, Kansas. Hillsdale, Michigan. Atlanta, Georgia. Oakville, Canada. Green Bay, Wisconsin. Muskegon, Michigan. Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates. See, I can't pronounce that one right. Winnipeg, Canada. Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Birmingham, Michigan. Greensboro, North Carolina. Key Biscayne, Florida. Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. D. Pierre, Wisconsin. Jeddah, J-E-D-D-A-H. Saudi Arabia, Mountain View, California. Terrace, Canada. Masson, India. Eugene, Oregon, Woonsocket, Rhode Island, Queenstown, Maryland, Zephyrus, Florida, Lomita, California, Tanta, Egypt, Seattle, Washington, B-H-U-T-A-N. I'm not sure how to pronounce That's a country somewhere. Madison, Wisconsin, Milton, Canada, S-H-I-M-I, wait. S-H-I-M-L-A, Shimla, India, Lida, Spain, Los Angeles, California, Woodbridge, Virginia, Graysonville, Maryland, Tallinn, Estonia, Sanda, Japan, Kainta, Philippines, and here's some more. Mountain View, California, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Sydney, Australia, Jakarta, Indonesia, Clovely, Australia, Brantford, Canada, San Juan, Philippines, Seattle, Washington, La Mirda, California, Ashburn, Virginia, Karachi, Pakistan, Clacton-on-Sea, United Kingdom, Baya Mare, Romania, Paramus, New Jersey, Delhi, India, Melbourne, Australia, Nelson Bay, Australia, Kensington, United Kingdom, Zetland, Australia, Balcom Hills, Australia, and Hillsdale, Michigan. All right, guys, I hope I 
gave you some fun times for this episode. I thought this was a fun episode. I've seen it before and I always laugh at the end. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I hope you guys got some enjoyment out of it. You know, I look forward to next week's episode. I'm a little, I'm not familiar with the politics, but there is a section in the Wonder Years DVD booklet that does kind of explain about that time. So when I cover that episode, we'll, we'll, uh, I'll be reading that part of the booklet. So everyone have a great weekend. I hope you have good weather. It's like, let me check. What's the weather say here? It is currently, it's almost 8 o'clock, uh, 57. Well, it looks like next week is going to, like, tomorrow it's supposed to be low 70s, high 70s. It, it's, I really don't think, you know, tomorrow's fall, we're really not going to be seeing any more 80 degree weather days. I mean, being we are entering October after next week. So, I'm looking forward to fall. I love pumpkin spice things. I'm really into that. I picked up some International Delight um, Oreo iced coffee. I've had it before. It's really good. It's yummy. Um, all right. As I said, I'll be here next week. I'll look forward to uh, entertaining you with my commentary and talking about the Wonder Years. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye.